Friendless is presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Hello, my sweet babies. We are back. This is Friendless, the only show about how to lose all your Facebook friends one hour at a time. I am, as always, your host, James Avramenko. This week on the show, I unfriend an old co-worker of mine from my time in the stockroom of American Eagle, Hannah Wells. Hannah is a compensation analyst for Lululemon, and yes, we do explain what that means in the interview, as well as the mother of three of the most cherubic children you are ever going to see. Uh, we discuss the low stakes of making friends as a kid, the archaic way we used to write Facebook messages, how to leave big cities, and best practices in distracting your coworkers at your minimum wage jobs. One note before we jump in, um, we had some tech issues in the first recording of the interview, and we actually had to go back and re-record the first roughly 10 minutes of the episode. Uh, you'll notice there's a bit of an audio quality shift, so just bear with me as I do my best to navigate editing way above my training level. Um, I do have some really exciting announcements for Friendless at the end of the episode, so do be sure to stick around to then. Um, I'll tell you all about the amazing December and all the plans we have going forward with the show and with some really fun gifts. So stick around to then, but that's then. This is now. So for now, lay back and enjoy my interview with Hannah Wells here on Friendless. So it's, it's, it's crazy that um, we, like, I don't think I've actually, I don't know if we've actually seen each other since probably when you moved away from Victoria and like, what would that have been about 2006, 2007? Yeah. Like I was probably 18 or 19. Yeah. yeah. Like just been babies. A while. We were all just babies. <laughs> My God. Um, And so, so in that interim, <laughs> what, what's, what's been up? <laughs> yeah. Just, just a few things. <laughs> I went to, I, I, we met while I was living in Victoria, which is where I grew up. And then I went to school in um, Vancouver. I went to UBC. Mm -hmm. So I got my degree there in finance and wow. um, spent time living and working in Vancouver for the next 12 years. Um, I guess it was about two years ago. Um, that I left, um, uh, that I left Vancouver, but, um, in the, in the time that I was there, I just went through school and then had a myriad of different jobs and ended up, um, working for Lululemon for the last seven years. Right. And what were you doing there? I work, um, in the head office and I work on, um, as a compensation analyst. So, gotcha. um, yeah, working with our pay programs for Lululemon, which is funny because it's sort of a round round trip back to where we met at American Eagle. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's the funny kind of connection. Um, is that so? So like, is that that's sort of what brought you to Lululemon? Right. Was sort of like there was echoes of American Eagle there, or or was it purely just that like it was a, a job that you could get into? No, it's definitely, I've always been interested in like working with retailers. Obviously mm. at the time I was working at American Eagle, I was like 
15 years old. So obviously I was not <laughs> thinking career level work, but um, yeah, I love, I'm not like an overly fashionable person, but I do like working for retailers. I feel like it's a really interesting like industry to work in. So yeah, it is, it does, it had, did come sort of full circle for me um, yeah. with where I ended up. And now, and now you're now you're now in Vernon, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and so it took what, us a while to get here. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so so what's the story behind kind of you escaping the drudgery of Vancouver? <laughs> yeah, I actually I think I loved living in Vancouver, and I was I moved there at eighteen, and I think by the time we left, I was about thirty. So I lived there for 12 years. I absolutely loved it. And when you're young and um, childless and live in the life, it's so fun and such a great place to be. And then once I met my husband and we started having kids and we have three kids and they're all born really quickly together. So they're at right now, they're one, two, and four. We just realized pretty quickly that our lifestyle was just not going to work um, in Vancouver, just in terms of literally affording a house that can fit all of our human beings. (laughs) Um, And then just, yeah, lifestyle. Like I felt like it got to a point where it was 45 minutes to drive to do anything. We love to be outdoors. We love hiking and um, biking and all that stuff. And it just felt like Vancouver just like, wasn't the place for us anymore. Um, but it was really hard to figure out where, where was the place for us because, um, we had to keep in mind our jobs, both my husband and I both work in like business. I luckily have been able to keep my job through this whole thing. Um, I work remotely, which is amazing. Um, my husband wasn't able to. And so, we had to keep in mind where we could work and where the lifestyle seemed to make sense for us, where we could afford a big house and a, a yard and all that. So um, we briefly dipped back into Victoria for like six months. And I think we moved there at the end of summer. And I think by like six weeks after we moved there, I told my husband, like, just kidding. I don't want to live here. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> funny. It's funny. Victoria, like for, for as, as, um, as treasured a time as it is in mm-hmm. my memory, it's also a place I don't really ever want to go back to. Um, yeah, you know, and I and I can't help but feel like you know I went there only for school. I can't help but yeah. feel like what you must feel for having grown up there. Yeah, I I loved growing up there, and I felt like yeah. in my head it had this like beautiful magical thing. And when I actually moved there, I was like, I feel like this is sort of like Vancouver, but. Right just not quite as big, but very similar. So <laughs> yeah, it yeah. just like was not the lifestyle change I thought it would be. Right. And I also just found I grew up in Oak Bay and it's a really small community. And so everywhere I went, I was just surrounded by really the people that I grew up with, which isn't bad, but it just wasn't, it wasn't what we were looking for. Sure. Um, yeah. So we eventually ended up to moving to Vernon and we love it up here. That's amazing. I, you know, I, I, um, like we're we're currently in Saskatoon mm-hmm. and and as much as I you know as much as I do enjoy it I do feel like there's still something not quite settled for mm-hmm. us here you mm-hmm. know and so I just I love hearing stories of people who pick up stakes especially leaving big cities like mm-hmm. somewhere like Vancouver I I love stories of people getting out of there I do love um I love the 
the how flabbergasted people are when you <laughs> say you're going to leave Vancouver because it's one of those cities that so many people are convinced is the the end of the line for mm -hmm. them, right? It's like it's, it's like it, it's like this dream city that they're always trying to get to, and once they're there, they're done. And it's like yeah. Vancouver kind of sucks, though. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like in a lot of ways, it's great in a lot of ways, but it's yeah. like it kind of blows and and this sort of like in you know I don't know if it's like incredulity or something about mm -hmm. like about there being other places that are worth living um, yeah I mean people in Vancouver they're always like oh but the lifestyle the biking the hike and yeah. like but you have to drive like 45 minutes to get anywhere yeah. like and here like in Vernon you are like it's our closest park is a five minute drive and and when we move we're moving soon and it'll be a minute walk so it, oh everything God. is just so much smaller here and you can just do a lot more but yeah people yeah. feel very shocked especially moving to a place like Vernon which is not like I wouldn't say it has the cachet of <laughs> really anything <laughs> it's pretty much what everybody else thinks is kind of like a hick town but I love it right. <laughs> yeah yeah well you know there's something really to be said for just for just knowing what you want and living there, you know, mm -hmm. like it's, it's, you know, you know, God, I mean, we're in the era where it's not like you need to go to stores. Nope. In fact, you shouldn't be. So <laughs> it's really good to do like online ordering and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Right. But, uh, yeah. but speaking of, speaking of shopping though, so that brings us to where we met, mm -hmm. uh, like sort of doubling back um, is uh, so we met uh, at American Eagle. And mm -hmm. uh, so what, um, what kind of got you into that role like into that job is it yeah. as simple as like is it as simple as like I needed a summer job or was it like something more pretty much I mean I think like I said I think I was 15 when I started there um so yeah like I I don't think I had much of a thought other than like I should probably work somewhere where I get a discount on clothes so <laughs> that was pretty much the full thinking but then I ended up working there for three years right um yeah, I mean, it was a, it ended up being a really good choice for me and a really good place to work, but I don't think a lot of forethought went into working there. <laughs> so yeah, when I was preparing for this podcast, I went through our messages from 2006 um, at the very <laughs> beginning of when I ever had Facebook and um, wanted to see what we were up to in those days and I realized that I had this like love for our store's assistant manager at the time um and I was laughing so hard reading all these messages because now looking at it as like somebody in my 30s like I have no idea how old this person was that I was like in love with and I think he probably was um I don't know what he thought of it. I definitely don't think he was interested in me. I was like literally 15. But anyways, these messages were quite funny. I just tried to read into everything. And yeah, it was it was like a good trip down memory lane. Outrageous. Just talking about people. Oh, my God. That's one thing that I don't do enough. And I feel like I need to is like <laughs> going back and rereading old messages. I think the reason I usually forget is because a lot of the time I didn't really use messenger. So it's yeah. like, there's not really anything there. Like I can't tell yeah. you how many people come on the show and it's like the very first message we've ever sent each other is me inviting them to come on. Oh really? Oh my goodness. Well, after this, you should go for a little trip down memory lane. I'd really love to hear about what you do at Lululemon. Um, um, so you were saying, you mentioned that, um, 
you that that's where you met your husband through the financials mm-hmm. is that is that still where you are or so yeah we, my husband and I met working in the finance department um and I still work for Lululemon but not in that department so I work our our department is called people and culture um which is like Lululemon for human resources okay <laughs> um, <laughs> Lululemon but, is that yeah <laughs> uh, basically everything we say at work is like no one would understand we have like, words for everything that <laughs> um but yeah so I what I actually do is I'm a compensation analyst so I my mm. role is sort of like in between what somebody in finance and somebody in human resources would would do so okay. I I work with data to to work on um basically the base pay ranges and incentive programs for all of Lululemon um wow. employees so like through the whole like do you have like a uh you know a, a western hemisphere or is it like the whole thing so, or like how well, how big our, is your range yeah our team we have a big team i think we have 10 people in um north america and then we have two people for apac and two people for emia um okay. sorry asia, asia pacific and okay europe middle east africa <laughs> so there's APAC Whoa. And um, oh my god, I love insane <laughs> language like that. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so we've got a big team. So our team in particular is responsible for everything North America. So mm-hmm. but our team is split up. So we have one team that focuses on executive comp, one team that um focuses on head office, which we call mm-hmm. store support center. Um okay. then so what I mostly am responsible for is our GEC, which is our call centers and our distribution centers and then we also have for a long time I worked with North American retail so like the actual retail stores that's what I did for the bulk of the time that I was um in this role but um since coming back from maternity leave this time I've taken on the different group um so what would be what would be sort of an average day would it be something (laughs) like you know like because you're saying you're doing partially financial but partially human resources so would it be like would it be like somebody's coming to complain about a paycheck or or like how what what would a day look like we're so our um so okay so for a day for me i would say i spend about half of the day on zoom meetings and half of the day in excel um we one of the sort of like more task oriented things that we do is calculate the bonuses. So we have obviously a lot Mm. of different incentive programs for um, our stores and even for like our guest education center and for our DCs, they all have different bonus programs. So we need to calculate all those bonuses. Um, But the bulk of the work at my level, so there's like all the different levels within our team. And what I spend the most amount of my time doing is um, sort of in like incentive design and comp range design so we pull we get data from these really large survey companies um that all of the so like all retailers in north america are submitting data every year to these huge survey companies and then they give the data back to us um and that's been anonymized and we use that to Mm. to determine where we want to pay our employees because we want to pay them we have like a pay philosophy of what part of the market data we would like to pay them at. So for example, mm-hmm. if we would pay them at the 75th percentile, that means we would pay them better than 75% of other similar retailers. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, basically a bulk of my work is pulling together 
data points like that to um, create base pay ranges. And then the incentive design part is actually really interesting because really what we're looking at is um, ensuring that we're like driving behaviors through our uh, bonus programs. So no matter like, depending on how you bonus, you can drive really different behaviors. And um, so a lot of our work is ensuring that our bonus programs are working and everything changes, especially through COVID. Obviously there's been right. a huge change. So primarily we were brick and mortar before, like most of our business was through the stores. Whereas now wow. like e-com is like a huge component now. Um, and our distribution centers are working at a higher faster pace than ever so now most of my work right now has been working with um trying to like redesign how we're how we're paying bonus and and salary to these people who are working in in yeah like distribution centers and guest education center which is the call center which previously was not as big of a deal and then now it's it's huge like the it's volume like the biggest deal yeah yeah and it's, it's it's really changing. Like we're seeing, it's really changing, like the face of retail, um, mm. and how how retailers are 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 facing this. It's going to be really different. Um, yeah, and we're going to see like a lot of change. I I feel like since so much of our friendship was uh, around that sort of year year and a half where I was around American Eagle. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I guess I'll I'll jump I'll start with that question of what is your most vivid memory of our friendship? I have a couple vivid memories. Um, I remember my two most vivid is one when I was in university. I I was still coming back to Victoria to visit my parents, and you were still living in Victoria at the time. I assume going to university. I don't even remember. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I brought my girlfriend back with me as well. And we just went over to your place with your friends. And this is the part where I won't expand on what we were doing. And we just had <laughs> the most hysterically funny, like we were watching a movie or something. And we still talk about it to this day. Just like we both remember just having the most fun. And I thought that your group of friends were just so hilarious. And that you yeah. guys, I just think I it felt at that time that you guys were so much older than us, even though I, I'm pretty sure you're maybe a year older than me. If that even, yeah. yeah. But at that time, it just felt like this, like, and especially because I wasn't really overly artsy or creative and your friends were just so different than the people that I was normally around. And you were so right. different than my other friends that I had, yeah, I have this vivid memory of just, just laughing so hard all afternoon. <laughs> and yeah, it just it stuck with me. And then the other kind of memories that I have are all of like you in the stock room at American Eagle, just yeah. making me laugh endlessly. And yeah, I don't even know. Like, I think I had been there so long and knew I was leaving. I don't think I was in a place where I overly cared about my my job at that point in time. Sure. I think yep. I was just there to like have fun and like, I don't know. I just, you were so funny and so different than the other people that I had been like exposed to up until that point. Um, we, generally the crowd that I was with wasn't really, they weren't super similar in interests to like right. what you were into. So, right. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Cause that's how I always remember, especially you, but, but like basically the entire like American Eagle crew is yeah. like, 
because I remember when I got hired, I originally got hired as a salesman. And so I was on the floor with everybody, but I didn't, I didn't give a shit about the job because I was like, no, no, no. Like I am here for a paycheck. I'm not trying to like work my way up. I don't want to be assistant manager. I don't want to be a key holder. I am literally just here for my paycheck and I'm going to go home at the end and I'm going to smoke a big joint and I'm not going to give a shit. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, that was also the, what, what was in, in the, in the lore of my friends that was called the Mayfair house. And that was a oh, place. Yes, that is just, what it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was just, just oh that place God. was just utter debauchery. Yeah. yeah. Oh my but, gosh, um, but I remember, yeah. I remember though in, in American Eagle, they, they, after like maybe two weeks, they they put me in the stock room oh, no. because I was I was distracting everyone too much because I would just like I'd be like yeah yeah that shirt's great do you, are you gonna buy it okay cool let's <laughs> let's ring you out or like and then and then I would just talk to everybody right and so I was like oh, you know and I was like eighteen and I didn't give a shit and so yeah um so they put me in the stock room and then and then everyone ended up just coming into the stock room like for some yeah. reason everybody <laughs> everybody just always needed something from the stock room <laughs> i remember when i was looking at these old 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 facebook messages between us um yeah. i guess back in the day people used to sign messages like i would be like from hannah like even though clearly it was from me and you always signed yours <laughs> you signed it faithfully yours the stock boy <laughs> so funny (laughs) does money spark joy in your life or cause you stress if you said stress you're not alone for 42 percent of canadians their biggest stressor comes from money at connexus they care about your financial well-being money doesn't have to be stressful and connexus is here to help the Connexus hashtag Money Talk blog provides expert advice, tips, and solutions for all life stages and events. Getting married, buying a house, budgeting, saving, they cover it all, and more. And did I mention it's free? Check it out today at connexusmoneytalk.ca and start feeling confident and stress-free about your money. How do you define friendship? That's a really good question. I I think for me, in the place I am in my life now, there's so many facets to it. Um, I think I am a person who like really values long-term connection with people. So mm. I am a person who has a few good friends and not a, a lot of acquaintances. Sure. Um, so my true, true friends I've had for a long time. So the ones who that I, who I, the people who I connect the most with and who are my closest friends, they don't live at Vernon. Like I did not meet them in the last year and a half that I've lived here. Um, sure. I've met them, you know, most of them more than 10 years ago. So in that way, you know, our friendship is mostly over over you know text message or over social media like I have one friend who um she's one of my very closest friends Beth and she and I lived together in Vancouver but we only lived together for I believe about a year and then she lived in the city with her boyfriend for about another year and then since then 
for the past like 10 years, she's either lived in Calgary or Toronto and we have just maintained friendship through texting each other and I, we fly to see each other. Um, Mm. But then, then there's also like all these other aspects of friendship to me. Like there's that big true friend, that deep friendship. But then, like you say, like, my kids are starting to socialize mostly at their daycare these days because of COVID. We're not allowed to like have friends outside of like mandatory daycare friends, but they're (laughs) like trying to, you know, meet friends. And my kids are, well, my youngest is one, my Mm. middle child is two and my eldest is four. So they're still quite little um, to to really be figuring these things out. But my four-year-old has recently become, begun to, be more clear about who is his friend from daycare and he really like <laughs> wants to see them and he wants to like invite them over for sleepovers and like i'm yeah. like you're four i don't think that your friends can come over for a sleepover but you know, <laughs> for, for them it's just like this new world of of anyone that they want to play with can be their friend for the day like they don't see things so long term and like deeply yes. the way we do um And then, yeah, I think the most interesting thing these days for me is just being in a new city for the last year and a half. I've found that it's actually been a pretty big struggle to make in-person friends. I feel like friendship these days means like a a connection online. Like it's so hard for me, at least I have found to find in-person friendships, like people who really want to get together and like, go for a hike or get together for wine or whatever it might be. I, I'm like a pretty outgoing person. I definitely want to make friends where we are. And I am the person who's like at the park giving the other moms my phone number. And like, I've joined, you know, everything I can try to join here, like run clubs and everything. And yeah, I've just found it it has been a lot harder than I would have thought to make real in-person friendships because I think that with social media and with everything being online these days i think that is how the vast majority of people maintain their friendships it's just right (laughs) e-friends do you think do you think that we've lost some ability to be um vulnerable in front of live people it's it's something that i think about a lot with yeah okay it's 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 something that i think about with um with meeting people in person is that um because i'm having the very same experience um my wife and i moved to saskatoon uh just over three years ago and you know we only really have maybe two maybe three like what i would call like pretty good friends and even then it's still sometimes shaky because it's like even after three years we're still sort of figuring out who each other are and there's this almost like i don't know if the word i don't know i don't know exactly what the right word is but there's this sort of like concealment of who you really are in person that I think a lot of people reveal much more easily online because of the, you know, whether for whatever number of reasons, right. If you're behind the screen, so you can be anonymous or whatever it might be. But, um, but I definitely understand that, that, that struggle to make live friends. And I wonder what the, like what the impact of social media is on that. And I think for me, I mean, I think there's a few, things in my life that help me bring that vulnerability into relationships that not everyone gets so my husband for example has his like 
he's got like two friends that he's had his whole life since he was a kid and they'll just be his friends and he's fine with that like he doesn't need to go out and meet all these people to like have a social drink with like he could care less um whereas i do want that connection and for me i have found that two things really bring down the barriers one is being a mom i feel like (laughs) those those two go hand in hand but yeah i i do think like you have to have like i don't know how people bring down that like vulnerability vulnerability barrier in person unless there's like a connecting thing so for me a lot of times it's being a mom because being a mom and like being a parent is like so full on and humbles you so greatly um you think that you have your life together and then you have kids and you realize that you are like an absolute disaster and can't keep anything (laughs) working so I think that moms will be like the first to like you'll often hear moms like in like out at like a park or whatever talking about like super intimate details of their lives and Mm. their bodies and everything where you because you're like well whatever she's a mom she's been through it like you have that connection and then for Mm -hmm. me also I've found that activity has been that thing so with my running friends I feel like when you're doing like a physical activity together and you're not looking at each other, it's a lot easier to be vulnerable. So running Mm. alongside somebody, you're like the things that people share and talk about, I think are like a a lot more um, deep and meaningful than what they would share if I was to just like meet somebody at work and try to become a friend with them. Um, Right. How do you like, how do you talk when you're running? (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know i mean <laughs> yeah i guess if you run a lot it's not that hard right <laughs> so okay because for me i, I hear it because okay. <laughs> okay. for me i'm like my god i take a run around the block and i want to vomit <laughs> right so. yeah no me and my girlfriend we run in the park like on trails or whatever and we always say like oh we don't need to bring a bear bell because all we do is like matter at each other loudly right. so <laughs> so we don't run so fast that we can't breathe <laughs> We are in a time that nobody was expecting, you know, nobody was really socially ready for. And yeah. and I think that all the all the social interactions that we had normalized and grown accustomed to have all been completely thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wonder with these new contexts and with these new types of interactions and Zoom calls and mm-hmm. you're on mute and you yeah. know, and all these other things, um, what do you think it takes? to be a good friend in, you know, I guess now it's almost 2021. Mm-hmm. I think, I think what it takes is still showing up physically for me. Yeah. I mean, when possible, not to say that my friends who live across the country aren't being good friends, but I think when you can <laughs> to be there to show up, even if it's six feet away, like, I think that means something to me. I don't know if it means something to everybody, but to me, there is a difference between face-to-face contact and seeing people's emotions on their face and trying Mm -hmm. to read it through text. I think that, I think that it's still important. And these days, 
it's so difficult in order to mm. have that contact that I think it's maybe like I guess my worry is that people will deprioritize that and and stop viewing that as like a, a part of friendship um you know especially these days like in I don't know all, obviously all the regulations are different everywhere but here right now right. you can only have I think you can have six guests over to your house and you know I'm a family of five so like we right. can go to like one per like so my in-laws or whatever we can go to their house and that's it like we can't it is like limiting our social interactions in person so much yeah. um and yeah I, th I think for me being a good friend means showing up in person and I think it means being vulnerable because vulnerability for me is really like very important um yeah not to be like all Brene Brown about it but like it is <laughs> oh Brene Brown is the God, yeah we oh she's a big God. big love of ours for lululemon i think those two things really are it for me and i think every i think everybody has a different view of what they need out of friendship and like for me i have you know i have a busy household i i i have that interaction all the time but i would like like real deep interaction with um other people who are willing to be vulnerable with like where they're at in their life as well. And I I would say that I still am finding it and still am able to maintain it through through even through COVID. Um you just have to be like pretty creative, I'd say. Or or you have to or you have to really like running. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. You know, that's yeah. really interesting because the idea of um it's uh, something that I'm really hearing a lot of in a lot of the in a lot of my interviews and 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 something that really resonates with me is that it it hasn't really changed what it takes to be a good friend it hasn't mm -hmm. really changed what it takes no. to be a good person no. it's it's and 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 i agree so wholeheartedly with the idea of honesty and vulnerability you know it's like just live open and live mm -hmm. ni <laughs> live nicely you know <laughs> like like yeah. I, it's 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 it you know maybe this sounds very like bleeding heart hippie to some but it's like I'm shocked that more people don't realize how easy it is to be kind. And okay. I'm shocked at how many people don't realize how easy it is to worry about other people's well-being and how yeah. how that doesn't take away from you. You know, yeah. like there's no I, I don't know where we got it in our head that if I'm nice to you, then I'm somehow diminished. You yeah. know, and I and 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 if these people are helped, then we're somehow not helped. I just I yeah. just do not know where that mentality came from. And it makes me so sad yeah. to to hear it time and time again in all the different variables, you know, whatever it might be. And and and, and I think, you know, Facebook is such a, a core um, element of that toxicity is this like weird rugged individualism or whatever it is mm -hmm. you know and and how awful it is I think for like even just with having little kids like every single day when I drop them off at school I I tell them to have a good day and to be kind to their friends and like yeah. for me they know like and they read we get books out of the library like flash is kind and stuff like yeah. <laughs> there is like they don't understand a lot about like adult relationships but I think that if you start at a really young age of showing them like I always tell them like I don't care about what you end up doing as a job I don't end up like 
I don't care what kind of house you live in. I don't care any of those things. If you are like a kind person who's like yeah. loving towards others and helps other people out when they need help, I that's that's all I'm like. That's my expectation of my kids. Yeah. And I always oh, say like, you know, we'll read books. We we read this like it's a Dr. Seuss book called uh, Hooper Humperdinck, which <laughs> probably other parents who listen to this will be like, oh yeah, but everybody else is like Hooper. Anyway, I'm sorry, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole book about how this guy's inviting everybody to the party, but not Hooper Humperdinck, and he doesn't like oh. him. And I always ask like when we're reading it, I always ask the kids like every time like well, what would you do if you saw, like, Hooper Humperdinck sitting there? Like, he's just sitting there reading a book under a tree. Like, it doesn't look like he's, nobody's really talking to him. Like, what would you do? And I, my kids are always, I mean, because I asked them a million times, they're like, we would go and ask him if he wants to play and stuff. But I just think, like, starting young and starting that as, like, a core value will hopefully mean that, you know, in-person friendships and, like, kindness and all those sort of things do continue to exist. It's kind of baked in, right? You know, if you get them, get yeah. them young. Right? Yeah, yeah. When I they're like that. too young to think for themselves, <laughs> right? I do really yeah. like the, you know, coming back to something you you were saying about your son and how how he doesn't think with this long term worry and how he just mm-hmm. like he sees somebody he wants to have fun with, so he does. Yeah. And I just think that that's yeah. like, I wish we could get back to that somehow. Obviously, I understand, yeah. you know, there's, there's, I, I get it. There's, you know, business to be done or there's jobs and we have to pay taxes or whatever, whatever dumb excuses yeah. we have. But it's like, but it's like at the core, there's got to be some way to get back to this idea of let's just be nice to each other right now, because that's all we got. Yeah. You know, we've just yeah. got right now. So let's be nice. You know? Yeah. You know, man, Hannah, it's so nice to talk to you. It's so <laughs> nice to hear from you. And I, I really hate to, we have to, we have to move on to the last little chunk, but it's, like, yeah. um, it's so, it's so wonderful to hear how well you're doing. And, and, you know, I, 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 um, you know, I see your growing family and they're just <laughs> the, just the cutest freaking kids in the world. And I'm just, <laughs> you know, you. it's, it's, it's really awesome to see, you know, where life's taken you right from, from weird little backroom american eagle to, oh my to gosh. you know burn it. it's amazing i know yeah it's been a huge journey of of time since when i met you to now <laughs> yeah yeah right God. Changed, that's a big change thing. period <laughs> for real for real i mean that's one of the things about this show that always ends up kind of leaving me feeling a little sad really is that you know i always think about like man you know 14, 15 years, like, how do you sum that up in an hour? Like, there's just mm-hmm. no way. And so you had, you kind of have to, you, you pick a lane and you go for it and you try and get yeah. as much as you can. But like, I just feel like there's so much we could still talk about. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm just really, I'm really grateful you came on the show. And, and I'm just, you know, like I say, I'm just so glad you're doing so well. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy that we were able to do this. And one of the reasons that I wanted to is that I, I had thought about you over the years, but you don't share a lot of personal stuff on right. your Facebook. And I, I, <laughs> I miss Like I was, I was wondering like, how are you and how, how you're doing in your life and where you're living and stuff. I, I feel like from some certain people share so much online, I don't yeah. need to like dig in to find out what they're doing in life. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> but enough. I, was, yeah. I wanted to connect with you to, to find out. Yeah. Where, where life had led you we have one last thing we got to do before i let you go so okay. i'm gonna pull up your facebook account here okay okay here we go hannah wells with your adorable daughter as your cover <laughs> and 
Oh, here we go. We are no longer Facebook friends. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to have to find a new friend to keep my face, friend count up, I guess. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, you got you to gotta keep the balance up, right? <laughs> and that's it. Thank you once more to Hannah for coming on the show. It was just such a treat to catch up with her, and I just wish her all the best going forward. If you liked this episode, tell your friends. Share the links, let everyone know what a great podcast this is. And if you can, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Giving Friendless a five-star review, it just, it helps out so, so, so much. And I will be eternally grateful for you. So it's the beginning of the holiday season. And a lot of us I know are trying to buy less from Amazon and maybe, hopefully, are trying to be a little more environmentally minded. So... I thought, why not this year give the gift of poetry, or digital poetry, that is. Um, I'm offering two different ways that you can do that. One will be a repackaging of my last two ebooks, along with a brand new series of poems, all collected in one big package that I have lovingly titled Butthead. All collected together for the low, low price of $10. Now that's like getting two of the three books literally for free. But... That's not all. Half of all the proceeds for Butthead will go towards the Saskatoon Food Bank. So not only are you supporting a local artist, but you're also going to be helping support a good cause. So, you know, you're amazing. And if that's not enough for you, why not give the gift that keeps on giving all December long in what I am tentatively calling an average advent calendar. Once a day, starting December 1st, all the way to Christmas morning, I will send you a brand new holiday-themed piece of writing. These will be short poems, microfiction, or any number of other surprises, whatever I come up with. All this is going to be $25, literally just a dollar a day, to get brand new writing by your favorite trash poet straight to your inbox first thing in the morning. How cool is that? All the details for these two gifts can be found on my website, friendlesspod.com, or on any social media. Just search for Friendless Pod, or my personal account is Unaverage Mango. That is it for me, my sweeties. Have a great week, and I will catch you next time. Be kind to yourselves and to others. Fun and safety, y'all. <laughs>